0: Welcome to another edition of the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is episode 147. On today's show, the world mourns the passing of Taylor Finney's career. Transfer market update. We're going to do some 2020 Tour de France route has been announced. Season-ending results. We'll go to some of those in the NCNCA and the World Tour. NCNCA, they had an awards banquet. Maybe we'll talk about that. Some things that make you go, hmm, some winners and losers. And what did Kurt say? All coming up on the Between Two Wheels podcast. This is Tyler Yonke. Sit back and enjoy. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining in. Welcome to those on the YouTube channel, those that uh, find us on any of the podcasts, catchers out there. Uh, You know, look, we're going to do a little bit of mailbag. Some people have sent some things in. Appreciate any input you got. During this time of year, uh, there's just some few and far between episodes. Sometimes, hey, I got a job. I have family. My my daughter, uh, she's a freshman in high school. She's on the volleyball team. They're making the playoffs. She just made the varsity basketball team. That's uh, some busy times. I've got another kid in uh, little league. Another one in cheer. Another one in college. It's it's a it's a busy time. Oh, and I have a job and a wife. So you know things happen. But the reality is, if Kurt and Chris, Chris Flower. Kurt Mills, if they would join in a little bit, we'd probably be a little bit more consistent on some of these podcasts. So harass them and I will do the same. What did Kurt say? We're going to start out with that. Well, um, not much. Actually, Kurt said he lost a bunch of weight and he has. Uh, he's been looking really good and fit on the, on the bike. We did a ride last night with just Chris Flower, Kurt Mills and I. Those two guys are flying, by the way. So watch out for the 2020 uh, DDA team. Uh, I'm really hoping we're going to be going well. Chris recently won a triathlon in Folsom last weekend uh, in his age division, 35, 39, probably what it was. I don't know. Maybe they're a little bit more specific, but I think he had 200 and some uh, participants and he ended up winning it. Now, in his defense, um, as someone who I don't think can swim at all, he usually uh, kind of floats and hopes to get through it. Um, They canceled the swim portion. So I think it was a bike run bike. So it was really about a race of transition. Anyway, he can smoke everyone on the bike, which he did. So he ended up winning. Congratulations. Uh, And he used to be a runner too. So if he could just do duathlons, um, and I think he won some kit, some of those uh, sleeveless jerseys. So we're looking forward to seeing that out there. Uh, Miss those two guys. Come in and join us uh, next time, and we'll have a, a little podcast discussion. Taylor Finney announces his retirement. Now, look. Taylor Finney, he's a renowned son of uh, T- uh, Davis Finney, who rode uh, the Olympics, nineteen eighty four Olympics for uh, for the USA. Uh, his wife wins the gold medal that year. Uh, Connie Carpenter Finney. They get married. They have children. One of those is Taylor Finney, who's quite the the, the prodigal or prodigy uh, for cycling. A big kid and can do well. He won, you know, I think junior. Uh, uh, very good on the track, but uh, time trialist, one junior, Perry Robay, I believe. Um, lot of promise for him. Uh, comes out, you know, this is one of his best results as of late. I think it was what 2018, Perry Robay, where he was top ten, top fifteen there. His teammate was third or fourth. Uh, so he's been doing well, but he had a crash back in 2014 on the U.S. amateur, U.S. professional road race in Chattanooga. Uh, Bad crash went down. It could have been a service vehicle that caused it on one of the descents there. Uh, really caused some trouble with his leg, and his comeback has been somewhat suspect as of late. I think, what, 2018, he got in the KOM jersey for a little bit, along with Nate Brown, He was off in some breaks. Kind of gave us a new look into Taylor Finney's uh, new social media. Ooh. It's a bit rough watching that um, he needs to up his game. If he's going to be, I don't know what he's going to do. I think he's big into art now, but I think his whole life just kind of changed at 29 years old, retiring, you know, I'd been talking about he and Nate Brown, by the way, Nate's going down to rally um, Taylor Finney's quitting. Uh, I'd been kind of lamenting the fact that he'd been not racing at all this year and taking spots on a team, pretty big budget uh, world tour team that can, you know, find a spot for someone who's actually hungry and re- willing to actually participate in the races i know they're doing some of the grand grand fondo or grand fondo and gravel events i think he did dirty Kanza, i want to say uh but other than that i don't know what you're really doing for your team other than just kind of being spicoli out there so i was glad to see him actually give up and retire uh if his heart's not in it if your heart's not in it you know we saw that with um uh, what's his name? Uh, was with the coin, a quick step. And then Katusha, um, uh, and, you know, he, he quit as well. Sprinter. Why is it failing me? I don't remember his name. Uh, but Taylor, good to see him actually take that step back and give someone else a chance. And if you're not in it, you're not in it. It's, it's also sad though, to see someone with such talent, um, kind of wane away. You know, a few years ago I wrote an article, uh, about Taylor Finney Finney and his ambitions. You know, he was doing well, uh, in the Olympics, um, and, and had, you know, chance of, of, of doing well there. Um, he was also taking over the selection for, uh, worlds. He was, he was, he was trying to get into worlds and there was a whole thing there. And I spoke about it last time about the world championships and the U S team, not really being able to, uh, have much of a contingent at, um, at the Olympics due to their and it's all based on their, um, Olympic squad. I'm sorry, their their the world team and how many, cl- uh, Actually, have them participate qualify for the Olympic team. Um, at the time, there was some it was here's my my article. It's like why the selection of Taylor Finney to the U.S. Olympic TT squad is not a gamble, but well deserved. Now, actually, I'm gonna I'll, I'll end up reading this and I'll post it in as a separate um, indication. But basically, back then he was participating, he was getting the top 15s, and he was getting that gave the, the actual selection slots to the um the us team at the olympics and he was well deserving he was do, one of the guys actually doing this, this this participation he was a then current national champion on the on the um, tt and and he definitely deserved those let's walk through this second year bmc pro taylor finney seemed excited yet reserved and humble about his 2012 olympic team selection this past week saying it was quote A gamble, to include him. But here is why Taylor Finley deserves a selection, even if it is a gamble. Deserving a spot due to performance. Any Olympic selection is a gamble, unless you are such a dominant force in your sport that to not pick you is a gamble. But obviously, some picks are bigger gamble than others. Taylor has proven himself in the time trial over the past two years as a pro with several big wins, none bigger than the 2012 Giro Prologue, giving him the leader's pink jersey, no less. But the dominant force in the time trial and sure bet is the reigning U.S. time trial champion, David Zabriskie. Remember, this was written in 2012. David is renowned for his TT skills and seems to take the U.S. title more often than Tiger Woods takes a mistress. Well, actually, David's only won it seven times. However, the 2010 edition gave the win to Taylor, just narrowly beating him perennial tour-contending TT specialist himself, Levi Leipheimer. Zabriskie didn't compete in 2010. Taylor can win almost any time trial, so picking him isn't such an odd choice. Even with his useful and the long distance, Taylor is still regarded as a threat as he's maturing more each year. This year's US TT championship did not pit David against Taylor. Taylor was in Italy for the Giro. So a head-to-head comparison isn't available. In addition, with the new USADA allegations against Lance Armstrong, several riders that tested previously, uh, testified previously and possibly admitting some former doping have recused themselves from possible selection. Christian VanderVelde, Levi Leipheimer, George Hincapie, and David Zabriskie, leaving no doubt that Taylor was the best pick for this event based on his record. Deserving a spot in 2011 World TT Championships to determine Olympic qualifying. All right. The 2011 World Championships didn't go that well for Taylor as he only netted a 15th place in the 46.4-kilometer time trial. However, Taylor was the best-placed American with Andrew Talansky slotting the next best American finish at 16th place just behind Taylor. The world's course was a longer TT than most Taylor has raced and certainly a bit above a first-year pro's range. Yet he was surprisingly well-placed, all things considered. The kicker here is that USA would have been allowed another rider to compete in the 2012 Olympics if they had garnered a top 10 placing in the World's Time Trial. Since Taylor was a top U.S. finisher at 15th, Team USA is now only allowed to field one rider for the upcoming Olympics at this discipline. But in fairness to Taylor, he actually competed in the 2011 World's TT, unlike Levi. Dave Zabriskie or almost any other TT renegade the U.S. would have selected for the Olympic Games. If Zabriskie or any other of the American hopefuls trying to make the TT squad had really felt it was in their interest to help, they would have competed at the Worlds and actually assisted the team in getting that extra rider. Instead, the chances for the team USA to garner, to gather a gold medal in the TT was cut in half by simply having our other top riders forego the 2011 world's TT race. For this very reason, Taylor should be considered above all of those riders that qualified for the world's TT but refused to participate. If a rider isn't interested in helping the team qualify for the event, they shouldn't really be considered for the event either. Lucky for Taylor, he deserves a spot on his merits and no one should be arguing that. Taylor should be proud of his selection and realized the gamble was to be taken uh, by the others when they decided not to race the 2011 World Championships and still hope to get that one coveted slot. Uh, I tweeted this out. Um, this was an article I wrote, posted on a blog I had, uh, tweeted it out, and actually got a response from Taylor Finney saying, Hey, thanks, dude. I read the whole thing. Ha ha. All right. Look, the point is, uh, it's kind of a little bit of a tribute to Taylor back then, back in 2011. Uh, came out with BMC. He ended up you know, transferring over to EF Education uh, later on. But he was very motivated and he was really taking on the world of cycling. And this is his job. You know, now he's saying, oh, I'm just, I'm not interested. And okay, I get it. I don't know what you're going to do. I don't know that you have any education. Um, maybe this is a ch- uh, kind of a result of you being able to have this lifestyle with your family. And they're going to take care of you. I don't know. Um, you know, not many of us out there that have a job. Maybe we don't like it, but we make the money. Um, could just say, I don't have a passion for this and I'm going to go paint instead or make music. If you can make music and you can do painting and still date Neil Doma, good for you. Um, but, you know, most of us out here, we can feel a little bit like you're 29 and you're giving up on this career. Uh, someone who has a lot of talent and could probably just, you know, sit there for the next 10 years and and collect well and have have a good career out of it. Um, okay. I don't know that the that the injury so much played a part physically into the demise of Taylor Finney as it did mentally into the demise of Taylor Finney. He's obviously got different um, things he's going for, as a, indicated from the the article there. Uh, his mindset back then was much more about you know getting some aspiration, you know, goals of of the tour, of the uh, World Championships, you know, the the the, uh, the the pink jersey at the Giro, getting an Olympic gold medal. And uh, he's forgotten that. So um, anyway, good luck to Taylor in the future. Some of those races that you came back and uh, we enjoyed uh, you racing. Thank you. Uh, appreciate those. Uh, some of your <laughs> commentary on camera, on Instagram, on Twitter, less so. Uh, partly because, I, I don't know. Uh, I, look, I, I made a tweet not too long ago where he came out. And I don't remember what he said. But I'm like, dude, you're making the the. The, the fight for legalization of marijuana more difficult, okay, with the way that you talk. Anyway, good luck, Taylor. Transfer market. um I don't have too much on the transfer market. There's a bunch of stuff going on out there. Uh, Taylor Finney retires. Ian Garrison signs with Daquan Quick-Step. Uh, he, I think he was with Action Berman. You know, I talked about him last time. There's uh, Michael Garrison and Ian Garrison, and they just had a, a article of Velo news about Ian Garrison uh, signing with Daquan Quick-Step and how he had helped Uh, Quinn Simmons, win the juniors and how he had done at the U23, that's not that's it's not possible. You can't uh, actually, according to UCI rules, race the juniors and the U23 at the same time, the same year. It's illegal. Uh, So they were mixing up Michael and Ian Garrison. I um, commented where uh, speculated. I think they're brothers. I don't know. Actually, I haven't done the the comparison on that or really dig deep on there. I just know that they have the same last name. They're both really good writers and they're not both. Um, going to Daquinekouk step. Just Ian Garrison. Congrats to him. You know, that's a real good uh, I think that's a great spot for him to go. You know, they they take on their riders and they they just have a winning don't like the Wolfpack necessarily, but uh they do win a lot. So this will be a good good spot for him. I think. Jack Bauer, Brent Bookwalter. Walter, I both they signed another year for Mitchelton Scott. So it's good to see the American Brent Book Walter and the uh former American spy from the movie twenty or TV show Twenty Four, being able to have another year with Mitches and Scott. Um, other than that, um, would we'll, I keep the watch on um, Rowan Dennis? See how he does. Uh, I know he was, you know, sacked by Bahrain Marita, so we'll keep an update on that. Uh, just a kind of a side thought here on speaking of Bahrain Marita. It's interesting in Japan Cup we got Guangxi, It's happening right now. You know, there's this whole blow up uh, that happened with uh, the NBA and going to China and One of the the GMs, I think, for the Houston Rockets had tweeted out his support of Hong Kong and their – not their independence, but uh, basically uh, civil justice um, and just saying, hey, you know, there's some brutal – the point is China, a little bit oppressive, Hong Kong being oppressed on. He was supporting uh, Hong Kong and it was a big deal because the NBA has a lot of action over there in the, uh, matter of fact, they say in in China, matter of fact, I think they say there's more fans over there in China of the NBA than there are people in the U S big deal. Um, obviously a big market and then all these woke uh, basketball players and coaches, uh, who would comment on anything possible uh, that's happening in the U S around the world. Perfectly fine. Uh, they decided to clam up about it, uh, with China. Okay. But it, I'm not going to get into that other than it reminds me of, you know, that to me is not even as big a deal as what you see in cycling. And they, they've had some articles. I know uh, Neil Rogers has written a little bit about it, uh, not in too much depth. But, you know, you have Bahrain, Merida you have UAE, uh, these Sultan, <laughs> these, uh, these, uh, these uh, Saudi oil. They're not Saudi, but these, uh, you know, oil rich countries. Uh, that are somewhat dictator-like, and you know Qatar. They have these races over over there, uh, and and you know the UCI and cycling is kind of all mixed in there. They have teams that are supported by some of these people that are eh, it's questionable, um, and there's there's really not much of a social justice uh, coming out from the need the cycling. I don't know that I want them to necessarily, uh, but anytime you're trying to um, promote freedom and liberty around the world, I'm a favor of that. So I don't know if, look, cycling is a little bit different. I think the NBA has, if the NBA wanted to, they'd say, hey, we want to take a stand and we want to promote something. I mean, look, they canceled their their all-star game in, I think it was North Carolina a few years ago because North Carolina had passed a law about transgender bathrooms, but they're not going to take a stand about China. I don't necessarily give a crap on any of these, but if you're going to say that you can promote change with your business... Maybe you start with one of the biggest, you know, authoritarian governments in the world. Um, with that said, it reminds me of the transgender um, Rachel McKinnon, a cyclist, a transgender formerly man, transform- I don't know if she did the full surgery, but she's a she's a woman now, racing for uh, in the masters UCI. She won again her gold medal. In the sprints, I believe, uh, UCI Track Masters, um, 35 39 age division. Uh, she also set the world's fastest time, I think, for her division in qualifying. A little hubble blue on that. You know, you never, see, you never see the women transferring to a man and being competitive. So if you think that there's not a difference between men and women, and even during the transformation, I know she's under. We've I've talked about this before. There's limits the UCI sets for testing and what they have to do showing their testosterone levels and all these things. It's only going from male, I'm sorry, female, sorry, male to a female. That's the only way that those tests. The other one just says if you're going from a female to a male, it just says, Oh, you have to pass the normal testing. So obviously we know there's a difference. Um scientifically, there's gotta be a difference. Um as a father of two girls somewhat concerns me, uh, because I really want to hold true to, you know, see my daughters being able to participate in whatever sport they do. And it seems like, you know, it seems like, uh, more women would have an issue with this than men. Um, and you know, the reality is how do you deal with this? Maybe just wipe out all gender specific, uh, competition and you just have one big mass grand fondo type of thing for all the events. Uh, and then we'll see how it happens, how it shakes out. Uh, my thought is it's going to shake out a little bit differently, and it's only going to hurt the women in that case. Um, but hey, send your send your opinions in. Um, more than willing to uh, take those on. Season ending world tour. All right, there's been a lot of races that's happened, um, and I can't even know if I'll be able to get into all these, but we'll just kind of give some some overviews. onrich uh, mass, he wins Guanji overall. Uh, we'll wait for the return of Chris Flower because he loves that race. Um, all right second home to him or something but uh he does love the guanji and maybe it might just be the pronunciation of it but uh, we'll dive into those results in a little bit more detail with him i know dan mcclay for ef won a race over there uh someone else did hey obviously a lot of <laughs> few people won races over there on that guanji uh Henrik mas though i think he's going to movie star and it will be interesting to see him trying to get here i think he was fourth i want to say a few years ago in the Vuelta, you know, the year that uh, Contador um, bailed out from one, was that 2018, I guess, uh, or 17, one of those. And so he he's he's an up-and-comer. He's, he's leaving Daquan a quick step. They're not much of a support for him, I think, on uh, GC type of riding, so good move for him. Mike Woods won Milano Torino over Valverde in a huge move up this final pitch. It was pretty impressive to see. Uh he also was second at a stage of the Japan Cup. He's second at the Giro del Emilia and fifth at uh Il Lombardia. He's had a good end of the season. He's really focused on that. He did well um you know this year. And look, I, I like Mike Woods. Uh he's got a lot of talent. You know, last year he was what top three in worlds with Valverde and um Bardet, I think it was. So good for him. And you you're only gonna see more stuff coming from him as well. Uh, Roglic was his season and was he see the writer of the year. I mean, um, third in the, uh, Giro, uh, skips the tour, wins the Vuelta and has a slew of other wins this year. First in Giro del Emilia, first in Tre Valle Varacin. These are just all in the last you know month. Seventh at Il Lombardia and third at Cronos des Naciones. Uh, impressive. Il Lombardia results, uh, kind of the closing seat was it the race of the falling leaves or something like that baka Malama ends up winning that late little break uh 16 seconds over alejandro valverde uh bernal uh full Song, woods in fifth place jack haig in sixth, impressive for him good job uh Roglic seventh emmanuel bachman eighth, pierre latour ninth and rudy millard in tenth so Il Lombardia, good results uh Good for Baca Maluma coming through. You know, they had pads, Mads Pedersen winning world championships. Trek. They've got him. I think Nibali coming over. They still got Richie Port, Richie Port. You know, you're looking to, if you want Wollonga Hill one every year, you keep Richie Port. I can only have him for so long. I don't know if he's going to be able to hang on. It'll, it'll hopefully something happens better for Richie Port coming up. Um, It's kind of gonna combine mailbag and some NCNCA stuff here. Uh, Jason Grafath sent me an email and I'm I'm sure he's willing to send me an email. So it's pure mailbag and I'm sure he doesn't mind me sharing this. Hey Tyler, I'm not sure if you care or not. I do care. But I figured I'd pass along a pulse on the NCNCA and some data I pulled together from barbat data. Uh, I do this every year just because I'm curious and because I like fiddling with Excel. You need to you need to focus on your job. Uh, below the top ten most individual podiums in the NCNCA. Of note, John Baker won the most races, eleven. Uh, Pas- Robert Pasco was on the podium the most and had the most second places, eight seconds and twenty six podiums. Uh, the top three most podiumists are all aged fifty five plus, non masters. of note: Chantil Tupaz, thirteen. Uh, Zach Rosen, uh, twenty seven from. Went from a five to a two in one season. I think these are points that they had. Uh, Jennifer Steele, forty. I think that's the points. Four to a three upgrade, and Massimo Morrison, twelve. All are all of note. Okay, riders by place count. So this is interesting. Tops um, place, first place, second place, third place, fourth, and fifth. Grand total of kind of the points on that. I guess that's maybe where he went with these um, placings of twelve, forty, and all those others. Uh, so you had. Robert Pascoe, uh, he leads all of those, and that's kind of what he was seeing in top five podium places here. With 26, um, he had nine firsts, eight seconds, three, uh, two thirds, four thirds, uh, sorry, three fourths, and four fifth places. And I'm not going to go through all of these ones, but we're going to just go through the, the top ones here. Uh, Andre Tenthorow had 26 podiums. He had six wins. Jerome Nadal had 21 podiums. He had seven wins. Uh, Jonathan Baker, we said 11 wins, uh, 18 podium places. Nick Theobald, five uh, wins total for 17 podiums. Chantal Tupaz 15 podiums, nine wins. Zach Rosen, 15 podiums for five wins. Jennifer Steele, one win and 15 podiums. Massimo Morrison, we just mentioned, 14 total podiums, five wins. Dave Grenman, seven wins. 14 podiums. I just want to look here because Pasco comes out here and gets nine wins. I, I'm just going to look and see which of those top five places was their highest number. Uh, Pascal, um, uh, his highest number was first place at nine. Uh, Andre, he was tied for his first and fifth places. Uh, six each, uh, Jerome Nadal. His biggest one was his seven wins. Uh, Baker, you're going to do his 11 wins. That's, he didn't even get a fourth place all season. What a loser. Uh, two seconds, three thirds, two fifths, no fourths. Jonathan, you are you are not spreading the wealth very well. Uh, Nick Theobald, uh, five wins but six fifth places. Uh, so he the wins gets fifth. Um, barely get, he gets fourth a few times. So Chantel, she either wins with nine or she gets second or third. Now look. Part of the problem with some of the winsmen's field are they're so thin, sometimes you may not have a fourth or a fifth. And I laugh, but it's 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 sad. And, uh, you know, the field level needs to be up. But, you know, some of these women are going to win no matter who's in the field. So good for her. Zach Rosen, um, his biggest was his five wins. I mean, yeah, he was top one. or, or Anyway, uh, Jennifer Steele, she had one win. Her biggest number was her second place at sixth. Massimo, he was his fifth place, five first places was his biggest number. Dave Grundman, he either wins, he got seven wins, and he had two seconds, two thirds, two fourths, and one fifth. So he's uh, he's pretty consistent. He's either going to win or he's barely going to make the podium. Good job, Dave Grundman. by the way. Uh, solid guy, uh, good rider. He joined Pete's last year. I think that helped him a lot. Good for him. That's kind of a breakdown of the NCAA. Look, they had a banquet. Uh, last year I was going to go and some things came up. I was just going to go and podcast there this year. I did not make it. I didn't, I wasn't in town at the time. And I saw that, uh, Katie Hall was there as a special speaker. So that would have been really cool to see. Um, one of these days I'll get there uh, as a reporter, maybe as a cyclist, probably not. How about some things things that make you go? Hmm. All right. Well, I don't have Kristen Kirk here for their input or anything. 2020 Tour de France route just announced. Today's Thursday. I think the Giro route is being announced today as well. Probably already is as I'm doing this recording. Uh, but we'll talk about that next time. Look, I'm not going to do much into this. Just kind of give you a breakdown of what I see. Rumor is, uh, Sagan's going to be riding the Giro. He's supposed to make a big announcement today. Another rumor, um, I think it was C- Bernal said he was going to ride for Chris Froome the next year. And this is according to Froome. <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. if comes uh, The 2020 route. Starts down in Nice, so you're looking at kind of the uh, eastern portion of the country down near to the south, just below the Alps area. Um, We have our correspondent friend down there, Jonathan Scriven. Um, Probably we'll be talking to him near the tour comes about how that town is going to be transformed. They're having looks like they're starting there in town, uh, do a race, and then stage two they do a mountainous race. Maybe that's Mount Farron. I know he used to live on the mountain that they do with the Paris-Nice road race, uh, stage race, so I'll talk to him about that one. And um, they have one individual time trial this year at stage 20 36 kilometers ending up La planche de bellefit that was I think stage six last year where they're in the Vosges mountains range where it really kicked off they had a little bit of gravel at the end and super uh, great great finish there so that'll be that'll be super interesting so the one time trial 36 k and it's ends on this 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 mountain so fantastic um. Peter Stetten had called it kind of Vuelta-like, Vuelta-ish, uh, the Tour de France route. And you know what? Speaking of which, there's no day over 200 kilometers. They don't even have a 200-kilometer day. They're all under 200K. Um, there's more of the pitchy mountains. You've got the climbing day two hits the mountains. So they start down here, and they hit Gap, and it's kind of a transition over to... I didn't see if they actually went uh, Mont Ventoux this year. It doesn't look like they do, but they head over then to... Um, uh, the Pyrenees, they hit them up there. They fly up then up to the central portion on the west coast. They do a few things over there. They kind of hit the central mountains um, over to the Vosges and the Alps and head over there and finish over at La Planche de Belfi before they head up to Paris for the little, little, uh, <coughs> around the Champs Elysees. Um, other than that, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, if the climbers maybe they're trying to really get. Um, Alaphilippe back in the mix. Maybe they're really trying to get, um, uh, the other Frenchman, uh, Bardet, um, who's the, who's the one that did really well last year. Here it is knee. Can't remember his name. It's a, it's a rough morning for me here. Uh, mailbag. Well, we just talked about Jason Griffath I did just get, uh, an eye message last night saying, Hey, uh, where are you guys at? I'm looking for another video. We miss you. So here we are. We're back out to you on the YouTubes and the interwebs. All right, how about some winners and losers? Well, winners. I don't know if this is really a winner. We'll see. Uh, WADA hopes to use artificial intelligence to catch dopers. Uh, With the use of biological passport in the last several years and the more data available, they're going to this more data-centric, having some AI crunch all the data. Uh, They hope the data can be more easily determined and analyzed with the AI. With this announcement, Team Enios was very delighted to hear, um, because you know, as you know, their team of robotic cyclists, they now can deliver all their data in ones and zeros instead of giving uh, human- a blood test like other humans. Bam, Uh losers. Uh, speaking of, look, you have <laughs> losers. Uh, kit Brand Endura pulls out its movie star sponsorship because quote UCI dead end. They say the constraints applied to the growth of the technology as dictated by the UCI is so bad that they will now focus on triathlon instead, kind of like Chris. Uh, wow. So, I you know, I've read this book, uh, it's been years, um, How Nations Die or Why Nations Die, something like that, and one of the whole ideas, and there, there's many concepts, but one of them was about nations uh, profligating and perpetuating the new technologies, you know, the, Some comes in with a loom instead of doing, uh, you know, steaming by hand. uh, And basically the government of the country, instead of trying to prop up the old business kind of see with taxis, right? Taxi services are kind of go in the way, but yet we still have governments that want to like outlaw Uber and Lyft and, and keep these, these are high spending, uh, taxi services in those are the kind of thing. Or, you know, the, the buggy, uh, comes, you know, replaces the horse, the car replaces the horse, those kind of things. The point is the countries that were allowed, uh, their technology to innovate. And even if you lose jobs on the old things, those are the ones that perpetuated, uh, It makes me wonder about cycling, and I'm just spitballing here, but the UCI, you know, we saw that they're worried about sock length, and that's, you know, they're not letting technology take over with aerodynamics on the kit to the point where is like, this is ridiculous. We can't even, you know, what's the point of innovating when the UCI is blocking us? You know, there's a bike weight limit. That that whole idea at the bike weight, at the time it came into it was, some companies were really getting a light bike. Uh, then they were worried about safety—that you're going to make this bike so light that it's just going to, you know, disintegrate during a race. Well, one, a company is not going to want to make a bike, especially for pros, that is going to do that. So they're not going to—they're going to they're gonna self-regulate that point. So why do you need to regulate the the necessity of the bike weight limit? Now they're putting now it's to the—it's a joke. They add weight to the bike because the bikes are. Does that make sense? I mean, the, the the whole idea wasn't necessarily, it was supposed to be about safety. Now the bikes are actually below that just because they're so light. They, you can buy them off the bike. And riders were having to add weight so that they met the limit. Does that mean that they're suddenly safe if you're adding a weight in your seat tube? <laughs> no, that just means you're making this weight limit that's arbitrary by the UCI. Stupid, stupid tech standards. Um, and then, you know, we've heard the thing about the jig with the, the technology, with the time trials and all that. Uh, who knows what's going to happen from there. All right. Um, that's, that's all we've got. Look, we've got, we had some controversial, uh, Taylor Finney's, uh, career passing along, um, kind of took a rip into that. Uh, Rachel McKinnon kind of took a little rip into that. Um, talking about, you know, you movie star, uh, look, controversial day, all in all, it'll be interesting to see how the Giro announcement comes. Uh, personally, it's what it is, you know, that what if one of these races decided one year to just take out the mountains altogether? How do you think that one of the grand tours just, just eliminate him? Make this tour a Mark Cavendish type of? Speaking of Cavendish, um, he just he won a six day race over Caleb Ewing. You know, they're like, he's back. Is he? I don't know. Uh, but he's back racing at least. And he, and he won. So it'll be interesting to see what his motivation is for this year. Um, who do we say he's going to? Bahrain Merida maybe I think it was I'm not I don't really remember what you know maybe we have it up on our um transfer market because it will be interesting to see how he comes through I know he's he's looked to join uh whatever team he's joining and he's going to be doing um oh uh team signed Watt Poles Nibali and rumored to be getting Cavendish as well um was that Trek not sure I think it might be Trek Um, we'll have to dig back into that, see where he's going. Uh, okay. That's all we have for today. Uh, thank you everyone for joining us on the between two wheels podcast episode 147. I appreciate everybody Go in there, find it, you know, spread the news, make a comment. You know, those things actually give us a, a rating. Um, give us a little comment. Those things actually do help the analytics and put our show out there a little bit more organically. Um, we, uh, helps us uh the more viewers we get the more excited we get the more content we'll try to keep creating so once again news and cycling commentary from northern california we appreciate all your interest uh, and all your input you can find us on facebook between two wheels podcast uh, instagram twitter btw underscore podcast and once again keep safe out there